and that we love a chat. We love to help and that's a fact. So we have made it our mission to find stuff out. From diagnosis and education, slimming out of pure frustration. Chat to folks who've been there too, collect it together and share it with you. If you know someone we should speak to, send them our way and that's what we'll do. We like to have our sensory natters. You know what? Hello everybody, it's Jenny here, Sensory Matters show back again, and today we've got Katie and Lorraine. So we're all back together, which is wonderful. How are you all? Good, thank you. Gang's yeah, back good. together. Yeah, absolutely. So um, summer is is kind of, well, I was going to say coming to an end. It sort of is in Scotland because my kids are due back at school, but Lorraine, you've got a few more weeks, haven't you? Uh, yeah, mine are back 4th and hopefully 16th of September. Very good. So, yeah, not quite 100% back to normal yet, but we're getting there. Um, anyway, last week, Lorraine and I did um, one about Lorraine's recent diagnosis. So we thought we'd have a quick chat about that. But also, did you not have a follow-up appointment and did you get your magic bit of paper? Oh, no, they have to wait for my um, developmental history, which they didn't send to my mother, but they're sending. So once that's back, then I get the paper. Right. OK, fair enough. Um, so yeah, so just really a, a, a chat about about last week's episode and what we took away from it, um, and then we've got our usual things that we discuss about when the three of us are together. So let's start with you, Katie. Did was there anything that you particularly took away from Lorraine's chat last week? Well, I think one of the main things that I really wanted to chat to Lorraine about because her and I have been chatting about this sort of offline as well, and it was just that bit of paper and. And how that sort of accesses so much nowadays and what that can lead to. And we were sort of chatting about that, weren't we, Lorraine, about yeah. the importance of some things and also um, sort of paper diagnosis versus being on benefits as well. And sort of what those things combined can lead to and all of that kind of stuff. It was it was interesting to see that you were digging into everything now that you could you could get just because you've got this paper diagnosis. Now, nothing has changed in terms of you but what you can access now is quite, there's quite a big thing that you can, you can access now. Yeah. It's like. So it really open up options for you. Yeah. Cause like I am independent. I do a lot of things by myself, but that doesn't mean that I'm very good at being independent, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. Um. So now there are things where I, I could go somewhere and take somebody with me for support as a carer. Yeah. Oh. Things like that. So it's really good. Okay, and when when would you see yourself doing something like that? Um, say if if I wanted to go to a, a certain museum, or maybe the theatre or something. Yeah. Because whilst I, I could sit in the theatre on my own, and I could, I don't know if I could go to a museum on my own actually, because I'd probably get lost. I do struggle with things like that. But yeah, there's there's all these things that you can do, and it would be nice to sometimes have that spot. For example, if I wanted to go somewhere that Dean's not that keen on. Yeah. I'd just say, well, just come just to help me. Mm. So wh- who are these people? Where do you get a carer from? Well, it's like somebody that goes with you. So I could get Dean in free as a carer if I went to the ah. theatre, for example. Okay. Ah, got you. So it doesn't have to be like an official bodied carer. It's just you, you benefit from the fact that you require that person and they compensate you for it because without that, you wouldn't be able to access it as easily. Yeah, because with it being an invisible disability, you can't just go into a museum and say, oh, I need some support because they just mm-hmm. look at you like, you're what? Um, where with Jamie throughout the years, I've used her DLA for proof that 
somebody needs to be with her. Uh, so now I'm going to apply for something called an access card. Right. Because I know that I won't get PIP. I did look into it and I did actually score the points, but I know how difficult it is. So I don't even think it's worth even going down that road. Right. Um, so I thought I would apply for this access card instead, which is just a card and it, it on there it'll just say that I need a plus one at certain times. Right. Um, and and it, that... it also says that you have a social communication issue. Right. Very good. Mm. So is there anything else that it's it's opening doors for for you? Um, I just feel more me. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Awesome. Do you well, feel I, really I different now that you've got, like, a diet? Has it made you think differently about life and you? and? Well, there's a lot of things that me and Dean have gone over throughout the years. And one of the things is, like, when we, when we were at my follow-up appointment, Dean touched my arm and it hurt. And he was like, it'll say, that doesn't, that doesn't hurt. Don't overreact. But to me, it hurts. So we're discussing this. And then going back over the years at the times where I've said, oh, that hurts. And then he thinks I'm overreacting. And that's caused an argument because he thinks I'm just being silly. Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, do you remember that time I did that? Well, now I understand that you probably felt that different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a lot of, we've basically gone over the last sort of like 16 years <laughs> and said, oh, that could be because of that. Yeah. Good bit of marriage counselling there for you. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Really good. And I, I saw that um, when the podcast was posted on the page, someone asked, how did you manage to get a diagnosis as an adult? And I think um, Joel must have commented and said, well, listen to the episode because you'll you'll find out, you know, what the process that you took. But what I thought was interesting about that question is that obviously implies it's hard to do. Mm. Yeah. Is that that fair? Do you think? I think people just don't really know where to start with it. Like, it's so intimidating. Um, If you're sitting at home and you're thinking, oh, I really feel like this could be me and I really feel like I need extra support. And if I had this paper diagnosis, like this would open up so much to me, but it's just, it feels like such a big mountain to climb that you, it's difficult to make that first step. And some people just need that reassurance of knowing, just, just go to your GP, just go and chat to your GP. That's probably the best place to start, but mm-hmm. it's because it's such an overwhelming and intimidating thing. I think people can't really comprehend what that first step is a lot of the yeah. time. Plus, you haven't got somebody doing it for you. So as a child, if your child's not meeting the correct milestones, things are starting to flag up going into school and there's issues. So it kind of, you go down the path and and it kind of all unfolds itself because it's a child and children are all about developing. Whereas an adult, you've already developed. Nobody's looking at you and thinking, oh, you know, you you could be autistic. This might help you because you're already an adult. Mm. And you're seen to be functioning perfectly fine. Yeah. And actually, because I used to work in a doctor's surgery. Yeah. I remember somebody wanting an adult referral and the secretary's coming to me and saying, where would I go? I don't even know where to go. None of the doctors had ever done a referral for an adult before. Mm. Mm. Um, And I, I remember it going down a mental health path, which nowadays it wouldn't. Um, Because this was quite a long time ago. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, yeah, I think GPs are still learning. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, and I guess it goes back to what you said in in that episode anyway. It's kind of like, do I need this as an adult? Is it something I want to pursue because I kind of am doing all right? And so there's all of that as well. Um, But certainly for you, it's been really positive and the right thing to do. Yeah, I think as well, when you you think, yeah, it's okay, I'm functioning, do I need this? Mm. Versus I've got the diagnosis and now I can access this. Mm-hmm. It, you need to think what ha- will it help because I didn't think about the things like having a carer with me in certain places and like it's, yeah. it's the same for Joe because Joe's got his diagnosis we, we're now able to apply for DLA and going through that DLA form really opened my eyes because I didn't realize that he struggled so much mm. until yeah. I started answering the questions yeah mm. and then you just get a whole world of possible options for support which is just going to make everyone's life easier yeah so I just think it's okay to think well I'm functioning and and I know I'm autistic but if if the diagnosis can help your life yeah I think just go for it Mm. yeah yeah it makes total sense cool okay well um let's move on to our newsworthy story of the week which Lorraine I think you've got something this week yeah, so in my local area, there's a little Facebook group. Um, children and their, their parents are going out for walks and they're hiding books. And then you go out for a walk with, with your children and the children find the books, read the books, and then rehide them for other children to find. Mm. So, so it, actual, like, story fiction books? Yeah, so there's a, a range that I've seen. Because <laughs> every time somebody finds one, they'll, like, take a picture and put it on the Facebook page and they'll say, we've just read this, we're going to rehide it around such and such a, a lake or something. Right. Um, so, yeah, there's a range of, like, from little kids up to, to teen fiction that's being hidden. That's interesting and very cool. So it's a bit like geocaching, but without the app. Yeah. <laughs> and, and a more interesting way to book share. Yeah, and because obviously the, the younger kids especially are really excited by the fact of finding these hidden books. Yes. So rather than sitting inside, they're wanting their parents to take them out on a bike ride or a walk so that they can look for the books. Yeah. And then so they want to read them then more. It's yeah. more like, oh, I found this, I'm going to read it, you know. Yeah, definitely. And it's causing such a buzz. For for the local kids, it's great. It's a really good That's idea. Good. Yeah. So do they hide them in like little plastic bags so that they're waterproof? And... Yeah, so they're in little plastic folders or little bags and they have a little note on the front saying, once you've read me, rehide me, take a picture, oh. put it on the Facebook page, that kind of thing. That's a great idea, isn't it? Yeah, it's really good. And I'm on the Facebook page, not that my children are doing it because they're, they're not interested now. But it's just so nice to see all these families going out for a walk because the kids are like, can we go out, please? Can we go out? I want to find a book. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. I've not heard of anything like that. I mean, we've got, there's a thing locally here where they were they had rocks. Oh, we've got that, that as well. Were, yeah. yeah. Painted and that was for like um, antibiotic awareness or something like that. Right. Um, they get hidden about the place. So it's 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 a nice idea that whole using the local area and hiding different things. Yeah, but I love the book element as well because it encourages the reading too. Yeah, yeah definitely. Really yeah, and I think because it's the summer holidays, it's just the perfect time for someone to have done it because it's giving the kids something to do, something to look forward to, that doesn't yeah. cost a fortune. Mm-hmm. I, I was going to say that it gives the adults something to entertain the kids with that doesn't cost a fortune. Yeah. Though ticks all the outdoor boxes and everything else that's really good yeah yeah that's really cool because like round by us we used to have 
I sort of live fairly close to like a big sort of wooded area and in tucked away in this woods we had like a it's almost like the top of a dressing table and it had like um, glass doors on it and it looked Mm. really ornate and it was just sort of hidden away in the trees and it had loads of books in there and it was sort of like a, a little library that people could take a book and then put a book in or take one and then read it and then return it but um I don't think that's there anymore and it was it's, it was like a really lovely part of the woods because it was just like this cute little almost like an outdoor library it was really cool yeah there's a little village um where I used to work actually it was one of the outposts of the surgery and they've turned an old phone box into a library I've seen those they look so it's cool, really cool. <laughs> yeah what a fab idea really good excellent um, it just got me thinking as well, which is, well, a question later about special interests, but it ties into this um, newsworthy topic is what if you got some common special interests and did a similar thing and hid things related to that for our community? Mm, that could be quite good. Them. I don't know. Yeah. Just have a crazy thought. We could do a stim treasure hunt. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm thinking. I'm thinking like Jamie and Pokemon and Sonic, and I know you've got that Go Pokemon thing and Sonic and all sorts of other like appy type things. But going back to more basics and just maybe having, I don't know whether she collects cards or characters or whatever, but you could do something like that when someone gets a duplicate of something instead of swapping it with someone, doing that. Here's the duplicate, and I'm hiding it in this area. Yeah, that'd yeah, be that good. would be cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really cool. There's so much you could do with it. Definitely. Right. We will take a quick break and then we shall come back and we will talk about our sensory matter for the week. Throughout August, you can get 10% off our jazz pendants throughout the world. Go to Chewy Gem USA, Chewy Gem Canada or Chewy Gem UK to get that deal. Also this month, we've got loads of back to school content on our main Facebook page. Go and check that out. Now back to the podcast. Right, welcome back everyone. So um, yeah, sensory matter for this week that we've picked up on, which is worth talking about, is related to getting sensory aids accepted into schools. Um, We've been you know we've heard this a lot over the years and we've got some great blogs and support materials and things to aid this but let's chat about it why why is this even an issue I I don't know why it's an issue I can't understand why it's just not allowed but that's me and I live in my own little world Mm. yeah yeah it's difficult really to in our community when we're so involved in sensory aids are amazing and they can help in so many ways it's it's really difficult to see why someone else can't see that and it's like how do you not get this and it could be quite frustrating then from our end because especially at the moment where we're doing a lot of back to school blogs and we're talking a lot in the community on the sensory support facebook page about going back to school and everyone's sort of worries or successes with that and we're seeing a lot at the moment of people sort of asking how they can be accepted in schools and talking to teachers and it's just it's conversations that are coming up so frequently now and yeah. while we're sitting it's just like oh come on we should be further along than this by now yeah but we see to... it all the time yeah, it's they... one of the most common questions that we get either on email or facebook messenger or in our support group saying my school says no yeah yeah it's it's either one extreme or the other 
since posting the blog about this, um, it'll be last week by the time this airs, but it's either, yeah, our school are brilliant, they think it's great and it really helps and we've got this and we've got that, or no, school says no. Yeah. Yeah, so surely the difference at this has to be education and understanding of the people in the school. Mm, yeah, definitely. I think one of the things that really confused me, and I actually sort of posted about this on the Facebook group as well, um, that teachers were, we were seeing sort of comments from parents being like, oh, well, my school, the school that my children go to, the teachers are worried that the other children will feel left out. Um, mm-hmm. Like if one child brings in a STEM aid or a sensory aid, um, the other children are going to be like, well, why can't I have one of those? And I think we were talking about this. Was it when I was chatting to you, Lorraine, or we were chatting on the podcast? We were saying, well, yeah, why don't we everyone have a sensory aid? Because they can be really good for everyone. Um, but that's one of the things that I feel like I'm seeing more and more of now. It's teachers being worried about that whole sort of inequality and there was a really lovely graphic which I saw on Facebook that was talking about fairness versus equality and how those two things are very different and we often mix them up. Um, yeah. It was really quite interesting. Yeah, and I was about to reply to a comment just before we started this podcast. I need to go back and do it on that image that you posted where a lady was saying about, well, it's not fair I want one, but then her child can't go to the park or do all the things that the other kids are doing. Yeah. You know, so kids need to learn that everybody's different. Mm. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I think we enter the realms of the ridiculous if we try and be totally fair to everybody. It's it's like an impossible challenge. It's mm. and, and exactly what you're saying, Lorraine, that every, we, we should be embracing difference and recognizing that it's it's a bit like green cheese just because somebody else has got something you just want it rather than find it helpful or need it and it's about educating people to understand that difference I mean young children especially will want things that other kids have got but that's yeah. when it gives the perfect opportunity to teach about differences Mm, definitely yeah I saw this um I'm gonna try and explain this because I saw it on again I think it was on Facebook Facebook is great for these types of graphics and things like that but it was um a cartoon of three people at a it looked like a sort of a baseball a football match football match yeah yeah another one you're talking about it's brilliant and it's like these three people they're all different heights we have like a really really tall person sort of an average size middle person and then a, a smaller person and it was talking about equality being um, all giving these people like little blocks to stand on because the smaller person couldn't see over the barrier. So they're all given the same size block to stand on, but then um, the tall person is still really, really tall then because he's standing on the block and he can see well over the barrier. The average person is sort of like peering over and is great, but the small person still can't see over the barrier because the, the box isn't big enough. So he has to have a bigger box in order to see over the barrier, whereas the tall person may not need anything to see over the barrier. And it was really interesting to talk about the difference between giving everyone the same thing and being equal versus giving people what they need and making things fair. Yeah. Yes. I love that image. It was so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and the, the problem then only comes if the bigger person is jealous of the smaller person's big box. Yes, but it shouldn't be because they can all see the same view at that yes, point. It shouldn't be, but but equally, humans can be crazy bonkers and you'll get some people that just want the bigger box. Yes, yeah. 
Um, and and that's that's where it, it becomes challenging. Mm. But it makes you think about why equality and fairness are two very different things and why we need that and and yes. And we need the sometimes we all need different things in order to be equal. And we don't need yes. we don't need the same thing in order to be equal. It was made me think it's been I was really loving it. I've been diving into that whole concept recently and it's been so interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I think if, if you look at it from the point of view of a pair of glasses, yes, mm-hmm. it's, it's that simple that somebody needs glasses to be able to see the same as somebody who doesn't need glasses. Yeah, yeah. And I think that yeah, absolutely. that's a, a simple way to teach it in schools. Yes, you know, just say look, A needs glasses. Yeah, fidget toy. And and the thing that's interesting about that as well is like my kids desperately want glasses. Yeah, um, mine too. I remember as a child desperately wanting glasses. So, yeah. <laughs> but they don't need them. Yeah. No, and and so the, the, there's that conversation there. <clears throat> I now need glasses, and I now understand what a pain in the bum it is having glasses. But anyway, preach. Um, and also another another example of that is a friend, my son's friend, was round at our house and jumped off a, a wheelie chair and broke her arm just above her elbow and um, has obviously got a, a large cast right up to the armpit. Um, my two kids, so jealous of this. I want to break an arm. I want to cast. I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> I mean, seriously. But it's when, when you talk to them about how you really don't because she's going on holiday and she won't be able to go swimming and she can't go to the park and she, you know, for her entire summer holidays are sitting you know, being fairly sedate versus what you guys could do, it, it kind of dawns on them. They don't really. Yeah. Mm. And they don't really want the pain of breaking the arm. They just want to walk into school with the cast looking cool. Mm, definitely. And you're like, yeah. yeah, so it's 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 that as well, that it's, it's, I think for children particularly, it's natural. And this is maybe what the teachers fear for them to go, well, they've got that. I'd like that too. Mm. And, and so the, the solution to it falls down, falls on the parents and the teachers to explain it and encourage that understanding of fairness and equality that you were talking about and how it can be different for everybody exactly. to make everybody equal. Yeah, and I think that's the thing, it's having those conversations alongside bringing these aids in. Um, you know, everyone from a young age knows what glasses are for. Um, that's just part of like it's open conversation. You know, I need these to see, like, you know, we need to go and get our eyes tested every two years, like these are the things. And we don't have those same open conversations about the sensory aids and the stim aids. And therefore, if you just sort of take a child into school and just kind of go, oh, here are some sensory aids, off you go. Um, yeah. First of all, they're not going to really know why they're using these, what they're for, and have the confidence in themselves. But then yeah. the the class and their peers are not going to understand that either. And there's going to be this whole sort of confusion and almost like this elephant in the room. Um, yeah. So the the dialogue needs to go along with bringing these things in but I do find it really funny that we're talking about this and what we were just saying about you know everyone's kids now wanting glasses because they seem like cool and different but also at the same time people are still being bullied for having glasses it's like everyone wants to be different but everyone wants to fit in at the same time it's the sort of paradox and it's quite bizarre really I can understand really from a teacher's point of view how that can be quite difficult to manage if you have yeah all these children wanting to be different and being cool and being sort of hipster and edgy. Um, but at the same time, if they are different or if they do stand out, they get 
picked on or feel self-conscious or they get bullied and it must be a really difficult kind of scenario to work through now yeah I think a lot of that has to fall down a little bit to the character of the individual Mm. like you'll get some people that can can you know they could go to school in a bin bag um and it would be cool yeah just because they're that sort of person whereas other people that would go in and they would be bullied senseless because of that Mm -hmm. um it's almost down to self-esteem and confidence and all those sorts of things that you could pull anything off if you're confident enough can't you exactly yeah Yeah, i think that's where the conversation needs to to happen you know build up that child's confidence with their stim and sensory aids and then talk to the school about it you know yeah it's funny you say about how a certain child could wear a bin bag because it's quite similar with joe joe like everything's like water off a duck's back with him mm-hmm. um so he's due to get braces at some point i'm pretty sure people are going to call him train tracks yeah. because of how he is that will just go right over his head mm. yeah and won't affect him at all but another child that might really really get to them and really hurt them yeah yes it's the same with my two my miller would be not bothered Maisie would be crushed yeah mm-hmm. No, it's just it's just the different character and confidence of each one, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So uh, we could talk about this for ages as, as usual. But so if if you are faced with a school that is saying no, what are our tips? What could we suggest to them to to help? Well, all schools are required to make reasonable adjustments if a child uh, has additional needs at school. So obviously, physical is obvious. If somebody needs a wheelchair, the school makes adaptations for them or they go to a school that's already adapted. But these reasonable adjustments also include sensory impairments. People think sensory impairments as sight and hearing, Mm -hmm. but there's more senses than sight and hearing. So really these reasonable adjustments need to be made for all of the senses. And I think if schools did take that on board, they would see a huge improvement with some children. Mm, Definitely. I think... schools nowadays I think we're getting to the point that it's becoming more sort of there's more awareness around this and sensory aids and and sensory processing difficulties but I think probably the biggest thing that is facing schools at the moment with this is just lack of awareness and not sure how to tackle this in the best way so I think if you go there with like um if you're finding that it's a bit difficult and you're not quite seeing eye to eye with the school um get some information um try and make it if you if possible like easier for the school go armed with like oh why don't we try this this and this or this could work or I've spoken to some really great sensory people at Chewy Gem who maybe have recommended this or this has worked for my friend and maybe go in with a few options as opposed to sort of going in there and being like oh my child needs this help um maybe go armed with a few sort of things that you think could help and ways that they could the school could support you in that um, yeah like examples like maybe say well my child really struggles with with noise so this is what happens when we go to the supermarket but we put ear defenders on and it's fine so like give examples of how in the school environment this would help them just just to explain that these things are really really useful Mm. yeah but I think you do need to go armed and armed with information and be really prepared when you go to this meeting with with the school yeah and we we have a, a great um downloadable don't we yes resource thing where where can people get that 
Um, it is on our website in the content hub in the downloadables. And on the content hub, you've got the blog about how you can help to get sensory aids into schools. And there's another blog, I can't remember what it's called, but I wrote a blog about making notes and, and explaining the differences to teachers. We've got quite a few really useful blogs going out this month in particular for going back yeah. to school. Yeah, so definitely worth looking at that. So I hope that helps people. Right, on to our listeners' question. So this one is about special interests. And someone is asking if your special interests stay with you for a long period of time or whether they you swap them quickly for something new. Are they just a passing phase? Passing phase for me, <laughs> always. Yeah. Yeah. And I never thought that this was the th- like the case with special interests. Um, I wasn't aware that I had special interests until, you know, well into um, sort of my YouTube journey and doing sort of Chewy Gem work. Like I didn't realise that this was a side of autism that I had because I always thought, right, special interests are so intense that you can't talk about anything else. Mm-hmm. You can't think about anything else and they stay with you for life. Um, and that's really, really not the case. They come and go. They can be very, very quick loves and then they you kind of fall in love with them very quickly and fall out of love with them just as quickly. Um, you, yeah, you can have ones that do stay with you forever. but. Um, I think people do have this sort of preconceived idea of what a special interest is. And that's mm-hmm. not always the case. I don't know where that's come from, though. Whether that is just a sort of misinformation, miscommunication, or um, having sort of the, what we saw in the media quite a lot. I don't know. It might just be. Don't yeah, know I, I would have had that preconception as well that it is a, a deep obsession, a long standing one. Mm-hmm. How is it for you, Lorraine? Um, deep, but probably short. I did, I also didn't realise that I had them until my psychologist was asking Dean about mine. And Dean was like, well, she'll go through phases. So at the moment, I'm totally obsessed with the Bronte sisters because I went, I went to the museum. So now I've got to read all of their books. Right. Uh, then I'll go back to the museum once I've read the books because I'll know more. Um, so that's what I'm on currently. But I just thought it was because I enjoyed the museum. Oh, that's quite interesting. I'm going to read those books. But then Dean said... But that's at the moment. So the last special interest I had was Ruth Ellis, and she was the last woman to be hanged in England. Mm. Um, I didn't see it as a special interest, but mm-hmm. I bought all the books, the DVDs. I was constantly researching her. and Yeah. yeah. I think it's hard yeah. to see a special interest when you're in it and involved in it because to you it seems just like, I just want to know more, or it just seems like, you're so caught up in it that you almost can't see that you're caught up in it. That's yeah. how it is for me anyway. I don't actually recognise that I've got a special interest until it's pretty much gone. And then I'm like, yeah. oh, that was that was intense. <laughs> yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, it's at the end. But I just think these things are so interesting. So like thinking back to the Ruth Ellis stuff now, I learned so much. It was amazing. Mm. Yeah, I love it. It's, um, it's one of the best feelings. It, it really is. It's like, one of the my favorite sides of the autism spectrum it's just there is nothing like that feeling of just that rush of i want to know everything it's almost it's like this high it's like whoa you know it's it's i love it it's it's really brilliant it's a really safe and amazing form of excitement and energy and and passion and it's just it's brilliant it's unlike anything else and now you say that looking back to what have probably been special interests for me, in between where there maybe hasn't been one, I think I've been a bit low. 
yeah once you've got one it's sort of like oh yeah it's something to like you know look it's into like in your spare time yeah it is yeah Lorraine and I are getting so excited now about this. <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting here thinking though if you take Jamie she's she's I mean she might have fleeting special interests as well but she's also got a few core ones that have just stayed with her for years mm-hmm. yes she does she's um and they come back around as well so that she might go through phases so I remember Sonic being massive years and years ago yeah and Dean was like right she's out of the Sonic phase let's get rid of those toys and I was like no 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 put them in the attic they're gonna come back and they did Mm -hmm. um so yeah there's a lot of things that come back around and then fleeting ones as well Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think now if I've got a long-lasting special interest I was gonna ask you if you had one yeah, I mean, I do have my fleeting ones. Sometimes they can last for a week. Sometimes they can last for a few months. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, people, people don't probably, realize how. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's hope that remains a special interest and doesn't end, fall into the fleeting box. No. Well, this is what I was saying to my psychologist about Chewy Gem is that that's the reason that I know so much about sensory issues because I just want to know more. Mm. yeah constantly like looking for more information and trying to know more about sensory issues because it's just so fascinating Mm, yeah I would say on the topic of special interest a massive tip that I would give anyone sort of caring or um sort of in the presence of someone who's experiencing a special interest is please 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 don't use that as a form of punishment don't take that away and say, oh, mm. you've been, you haven't done your chores today. You're not allowed to um, go on your iPad and watch a Sonic video. It's, it's really people don't realise how much special interests can be of huge comfort and relief and really important to people during that time of when they're at their peak. They can really be what can help sort of get through a day. And as soon as you take that away, um, for whatever reason things just go from bad to worse so it's it's something that a lot of people do or I've heard that people do as a form of punishment um and it's it's really negative and it there's always other things that you can do as form of like discipline um which which don't involve special interests and I would say you know please 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 be aware of how important they are for people yeah I also think if you've got a loved one that has a special interest take a little bit of time to understand their special interest because since my diagnosis, Dean has done that. And one day he sat on the sofa for 15 minutes and said, right, tell me all about Charlotte Bronte. Mm. And I was in my element and I did a happy flappy dance at the end of it. I was so excited. It was absolutely brilliant. Honestly, there's nothing like it. It's brilliant. Yes, oh, so, yeah, so I just think if, if you've got a child with a special interest, then just let them tell you about it, mm. even if you don't really listen. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess I guess the other thing is just because if you know, Katie and I both said that we thought they were they tended to be longer term things, mm. and it just goes to show talking to you both that they're not. Um, so yeah, taking interest in even the fleeting things as well. Yeah. Oh, I Import- do. I remember a long lasting one that I've got. It's crime. Oh yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I can always watch a crime documentary, read a crime book. Mm. Yeah. That's constantly I'm fascinated by crime. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. So in answer to um our listeners' questions, it seems like everything on the on the spectrum, it's it's totally variable and unique yeah. to the individual. Um they can be long lasting, they can be fleeting, you can have ones overlapping. Um so yeah, there's 
that that's it on the special interest. And obviously, you can hear the joy in Katie and Lorraine's <laughs> voices as they're discussing this. It brings a lot of pleasure. Can I say one more? <laughs> can I say one more thing about special interest? Because I've just remembered at one point I was Jamie's special interest. Oh, oh really? Yeah, and it can become quite overwhelming because people can become other people's special interests. So you, you might have like a best friend that you think's amazing, and at a time they're your special interest. I've never heard of that before. Yeah, I remember it was it was quite overwhelming and it didn't last very long. Obviously, I'm not that interested. <laughs> but I have heard from other parents that their children have been like totally obsessed with them for a, a period of time. That's really interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. Mm. And I guess that, that again could happen, you know, like with a best friend or something like that, that they or, just get a bit Yeah, or a relationship. If you got into a new relationship, mm. I could see that happening. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So it's it's worth being aware of because obviously emotions and feelings are really difficult to understand anyway. Yeah. If if it becomes a special interest, even just at that like honeymoon period, mm. it's going to be really overwhelming. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I hadn't thought of that before. That's really interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Right. Well, that's it for this week. Um, loads of interesting chat today. I enjoyed that. Thank you. Mm, thank you. And uh, yeah, we will be back. So have a good week, everyone. You too. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Well, that's it for this week. And thank you once again for listening. We really do appreciate it. If you've got time and you can spare 30 seconds, then go and give us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps other people find our content. And we know that our content and our episodes are so helpful to our community with lots of hints and tips and interesting interviews. So go and do your kind deed of the day and leave us a five-star review on iTunes to help others find us. Also, so that you never miss an episode and you get a notification when a new one is available, why not hit subscribe? And that way you'll never miss us. Finally, if you're not already a member of our fantastic Facebook support group, I suggest you go join it. We'd love to see you in there. There's loads of fantastic chat, lots of peer-to-peer support from people in the same boat as you. So go and search on Facebook for the Chewy Gem Sensory Support Group and let us know what you're thinking of our episodes. Speak to you then. Bye.